0: my name is Sharon and I have become so anxious about people referring to me as a Karen. It's gotten so bad that I'm not ever asking for the manager again, ever. The other day I ordered a sandwich and I got a taco and I ate it and I'm still hungry. But better that be called a Karen.
1: Welcome to Your Weirdest Fears. I'm your host, Larry Mullins. Today's listener has an immense fear of being called a Karen. Now, unless you live under a rock, you know what Karen means. Karen didn't always have such a negative connotation to it. In fact, the name Karen comes from the Greek, which means pure. But I think it's safe to say if you're called a Karen, somebody doesn't think you're very pure at all. Karen follows a long line of nicknames. First, there was what? Barbecue Becky was a woman who called the cops on two black men for using a grill at a public park. And next, there was Permit Patty. I hadn't heard this one. She was a woman who called the cops on a black little girl for trying to sell water bottles on a sidewalk. I remember the incident, but I don't remember that name. And it's not just women. There was a coupon Carl who called the cops on a black woman who was using coupons at a CVS. Well, all jokes aside, it was an incident in 2020 that took Karen from meme status to being part of everyday language. That was when a lady named Amy Cooper called the cops on a black guy when he asked her to simply put a leash on her dog. Well, this happened in Central Park when Amy called the police, though. She told them she was being threatened. Since then, the term Karen has stuck around, but is the fear of being called a Karen worth eating the wrong food like the woman shared? Well, for that question and more, we turn to today's expert dr jesse daniels she teaches at hunter college here in the city and she is an expert on the intersection of the internet and racism she also wrote a book called nice white ladies so dr daniels why karen not susan or lucy and where did that term come from
0: From the comedy perspective, words with a K sound are funnier. And I think that's probably part of where this came from. It's actually from a comedian by the name of Jay Farrow, who in 2015 for his comedy show, Can I Be Me? told a joke. He said, it's always a Karen. I learned something. If you go to a white people's party, just say, you know, Karen, and they'll take care of your ass the whole day. Oh, wow. So I think it's really from this kind of comedy perspective that it caught on. In your intro, you were mentioning that before there were Karens, there were Beckys. And somehow that got memory hold, you know, when the Karen meme took over, Mm -hmm. but that was about 2018 or so. But as you're absolutely correct, that that incident in Central Park really sort of moved the phrase into everyday lexicon. It's funny how these kind of memes circulate through the culture. I think that there's something new happening. And I think part of it is because of the internet and social media. I think that's A good thing in some ways because it's made us pay particular kind of attention to the behavior of white women in this culture. And I think that's needed.
1: Professor, let me toss this out there. And you know, I was going to go there. Is there such thing as a black Karen?
0: Well, I mean, that's an interesting version of this. I think there are ways in which that kind of policing behavior, what more academic terms I refer to as white supremacy, that system, it's available to lots of different people. And we've seen people who have dark. Darker skin tones who are put forward by the interests of white supremacy. So it is possible for people to adopt the principles of white supremacy, even if they are not white themselves. But I don't, I think the term Karen, we're sort of reserving for white women and their bad behavior.
1: Most Karens have been outed because of social media.
0: Do you think that's a good thing? The fact that we're even having this conversation is really a result of social media, that this meme circulated around Karen. It's also a very thin way to have this conversation and not a very nuanced one.
1: So do you think all of this business of Karen and and all of the others and Becky and that sort of thing, has it forced people to be more careful about how they speak and how they treat other people?
0: I do think that there are some white women who have checked their behavior in a particular way in the public sphere because of that fear. And I think that's probably a good thing, but it's certainly not enough. There are lots of white women who are still behaving badly and often at the
1: (laughs) at the voting booth. Tell me about Nice White Ladies. Why'd you write that book?
0: As someone who was raised to be a nice white lady, I really wanted to challenge all three of those terms what it means to be nice, what it means to be white, and what it means to be a lady. In a lot of ways, feminism has helped us challenge that whole notion of being a lady. When I was growing up in South Texas, we had to run around and sneak to not wear a dress to school. Like it was a big deal to wear jeans, you Mm -hmm. know, because that wasn't seen as ladylike, you know? Mm -hmm. And we've come a long way in that regard. But I think in terms of being what it means to be nice and what it means to be white still hasn't been challenged. And so that's part of why I wrote the book is I really wanted us to dig into What does it mean to be a nice white lady in this culture? And part of what I argue is that, you know, there's that great Beyonce line in her new album playing villain and a victim at the same time. Mm -hmm. I think that sort of summarizes the argument in the book. That's kind of what we do when we're raised to be nice white ladies is we know how to play the victim and a villain at, at the same time. Really what I do in the book is offer people a pathway out. We don't have to be so invested in our whiteness and being nice in this particular way that is really corrosive. Not only to the culture, but to us as well.
1: And for the record, you and I have a kinship. You say you were taught to be a nice white lady. Well, Mm -hmm. my mother used to make me sit down to watch the Golden Girls. And my friends, I grew up in the projects, would drive by and see me. Watching this, they called me a middle-aged white lady. And I'm an (laughs) African-American man. So, I just wanted to clarify that we have a kinship in that. You and I both are nice white, white ladies. So, there we go. So, in your research, have you spoken to any actual women named Karen?
0: Yeah, I've actually spoken to a lot of women named Karen. How they react to this meme, it really depends on their relationship to their own whiteness. And what I mean by that is people who are really invested in their own sense of innocence around being white. Well, I didn't do anything, I didn't own slaves, that kind of thing. They are the ones that get very upset at this meme, but those who aren't that invested in it, who don't really see themselves as attached to this category of whiteness, they're fine with the way that people are pushing back using the Karen meme and they don't see it as a personal
1: attack. And then there's the other side of it. Hmm. People who are referred to as a Karen when in Mm -hmm. actuality, no, they're not.
0: I know that people are worried about that, but I haven't seen a lot of that I think that there's a way in which we're just not used to seeing white women held accountable. So we're very cautious about it. And I think that's really
1: what's going on. Have you ever been called a Karen?
0: You know, not that I know of or not in a way that made me feel bad. But honestly, I think that I'm not worried about being called a Karen because I'm not picking up at the phone and calling 911 on Black people minding their business. So I think it's interesting most of these Karen issues have come up around public space. You know, the barbecue, Central Park, the cell the water on the sidewalk you know and it's a way in which we as white women have been socialized to believe that we're responsible for kind of maintaining order in the public sphere and i i just i don't have any of that and so i'm not worried about being called a care
1: so our listener, how does she go about being a nice white lady or more importantly, how to not be a Karen?
0: I think we all have to resist in some ways what's on offer to us as nice white ladies in the culture. And part of what's on offer to us is a kind of advantage that we didn't earn and that we don't deserve. you know. And that advantage plays out in all kinds of ways. White women are more likely to benefit from affirmative action. White women are more likely to be believed in court. White women have all these kinds of advantages. And I think that part of the way out is by refusing those advantages and saying, you know what, I'm just a human being like everybody else and let's all solve the problems that we have in society together and not put myself first in the line. I think that there's a way in which people who say they're afraid of being called a Karen are responding to something in that critique of being called a Karen, which is, it's definitely a way of saying that someone's performing a kind of racism. But I think that there's a way in which people who are offended by the term or afraid of the term, think it's going to box them in to being only ever a racist. And I think that's the thing that frightens people. Because even if we behave badly, we want to know that there's a pathway out of that. We're not our worst thing. And I think that that's part of what People who are afraid of being called a Karen are afraid of being locked into their worst behavior ever.
1: Dr. Jesse Daniels, you're amazing. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for listening to your weirdest fears. I want to know your fears. So share them. And you could be featured in our podcast. If you click on the episode description, you will see the team's email address is right there. And if you enjoy the show, please rate us, review us, and subscribe to our podcast. You can find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts from. Your weirdest fears is a production of Ten Ten Winds and WCBS News Radio eight eighty. Our very special thanks to producers Jill Webb and Dempsey Pullat. Andy Egan Thorpe is our audio guy. Femi Redwood is the managing producer of podcast. And yours truly, host Larry Mullins. Thanks for listening.